The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going forward and recognised them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he divided the two small fish among them all and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd and after he had taken leave of them he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to, the, to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognised him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. Well, good morning, everybody. 
just add my welcome to John's. My name's Rich, I'm, one of the, I'm on the staff team here uh, at Agbeth Community Church, and uh, it's good to be with you this morning. Um, juniors, in your packs, um, one of the little things that you've got is a keyword sheet, and I've even given the adults one on the back of the notice sheet this morning. So, if you want to, you can listen out for, for some of the words that I'm saying in the sermon, and it might, might be one thing that kind of keeps you focused on what we're saying. Uh, you can tick them off or colour them in as we go along. Be careful, they're not all there, okay? So, um, but really, I don't mind whether you take notes or doodle or whatever it is that helps you keep concentrating on God's word as I try to explain it. Whatever it is, that is fine by me. Come and show me what you've done at the end, if you like. But whatever way we choose to, to listen and keep our minds tapped into the passage, we're going to need help this morning. Oops. Ooh, hang on. Get through that. We're going to need help because I want to start by saying that we're in danger this morning. Not, I hope, because the roof's going to fall in or we're in any physical danger or anything like that. But we're in danger of being over-familiar with the words that we hear. Especially if we're in church a lot. We're in danger of being so familiar of what we hear so regularly that we're going to miss what's going on. So let me try and show you why. Um, we're working our way through Mark's gospel, aren't we? Mark's gospel account of Jesus' life. And the question that has been popping up over the last few weeks is, who is this man? Who is this man that is, that is healing the sick and, and calming raging storms with just a word from his mouth? Everyone who sees him, whether they whether they like him or not, they're all astonished. They're astonished at what he's doing. They're even afraid. So these are real people looking at a real man. Some of them had grown up with him. They knew his brothers and sisters. And they were seeing him do miraculous things and teaching with astounding authority, like nothing they'd ever seen before. So we've, we've got to understand that this morning. For them, that was a real, really real question, who is Jesus? How can he be doing these things? And I don't know, um, you may have uh, noticed in the passage, um, but it's quite subtle and quite brief. But as, as Anthony was reading the passage for us a few minutes ago, we have a kind of continuation of that theme about who is Jesus today. Did you see that it both starts and ends with this idea of people recognizing Jesus? So verse 33 says, Now many saw them, that's the Jesus and the disciples, going and recognized them. Saw them going in the boat and they recognized them. And right at the end of the passage in verse 30, uh, 54, we're told, When they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. Yet, for all this recognizing that's going on, there's not actually much real recognition at all. There's very little understanding. The disciples are with Jesus the whole time. They're witnesses to everything that he is doing. And yet, we're told in verse 50 that they all saw him when he was on the water and they were terrified. 
And in verse 52, they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They didn't get it. They saw everything that was happening, but they didn't get it. They saw it, but they didn't see it. They didn't recognize Jesus. Not at that point, anyway. But mercifully for us, when they did later to come to understand who Jesus was, they were led by the Holy Spirit to present the gospel in such a way that we do get to see it. They want us to be in no doubt of who Jesus was, who Jesus is. It's like they're saying to us, just look at what he was showing us. But the danger for us this morning is that these accounts are so familiar that they just bounce off our eyes, our hearts and ears. Everybody's heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 people, right? It's the people who don't go to church have heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 people. Everybody's heard about Jesus walking on water. These are huge things. We were thinking in family Sunday school just how, how amazing that is. But we're so familiar with it, it's just it can bounce off us. So the question for us today, as we read these familiar accounts again, is who is this man? Will we recognize him? Before we move on, it's helpful for us to know that the passage today is loaded with echoes of things that happen in the Old Testament. It's like when you watch a, a movie and you're suddenly given flashbacks or echoes of what's happened before and then all of a sudden things start to make sense and you're like, you're amazed. You want to watch the whole film again uh, and see it with different eyes. Well, there, there are loads of those echo moments today. There's too many to mention. Even if I point them all, even if I've noticed all of them, and if I point them out to you, we still might not get what's going on because we need our hearts to understand. So I'll pause for a moment now, and I'm going to pr- uh, I'm going to pray for us before we go any further. Lord God, there is lots of people in this passage this morning that are asking who you are, but don't really recognise you. Even your disciples didn't understand. So please help us to understand the words that they recorded for us with Mark. Lord, we all come with busy hearts and minds this morning, as we've already already been thinking, and we need your help. So Holy Spirit, please keep us from disinterest or pride in thinking we know everything already, and give us ears to hear and hearts to understand who Jesus really is. Amen. Okay, so let's get stuck in. We, um, we heard last week about how Jesus had sent out his disciples to teach in different towns. And now we rejoin the story in, in verse 30 with them having come back to him. And they tell him what they've done and what they've taught people. It's a bit of like a, a post-work debrief maybe. And they're shattered. They're exhausted. And we're told that there's nowhere for them to get away from all the crowds of people. And in verse 31, they didn't even have time to eat. Jesus, knowing this, tells them to come away and rest with him. And Mark emphasizes that by, he says it twice in verses 30 and 32. They, they are to go alone with Jesus to a desolate place. He's going to give them rest. 
Now, we might not be in the same shoes as them, but I reckon that most of us can probably identify with that, that feeling of excitement, the idea of probably just having a, thought, um, a moment of rest after a busy week. A little bit of time away, space to stop and think. It's time to recuperate a bit. That is not uh, too distant from many of our wish lists, is it? But the crowds, as we've already noticed, recognized them and anticipated where they're going and ran on to the place where they're going before they got there. And it's not any old small crowd. It is, famously, by the end of the day, it is 5,000 men, which probably means, people calculate, that there's probably about 15,000 people there. I don't know about you, but I really feel for the disciples at that point. They, they thought they were going on a mini-break with Jesus. Uh, and just like that, in a moment, it's snatched away from them. And you can just imagine their hearts sinking. That they just wanted some rest. They wanted some time out. But Jesus, when he saw the crowd in verse 34, he didn't get angry or frustrated. He didn't turn around and try and get somewhere else like I would have done. No, he had compassion on them. Verse 34, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus, despite everything that was going on, looked at the crowd of people that he'd been trying to take the disciples away from and had compassion on them. Whereas the disciples, or you or I, might have just put our heads in our hands and despaired, he looks out on them with utter love and he sees their real need and he teaches them. So here's one of those echo moments. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Now there's many, many Old Testament references to God's people being like sheep. And in Ezekiel, there's a particular emphasis on the religious leaders who are called shepherds that have been neglecting to care and lead the people in the way that they should. And the Lord God is scathing of their selfishness and their neglect. But God promises in his word that I will seek out my, I will seek my, sorry, I'll start again. I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. The Lord God himself promises through Ezekiel to be the shepherd of his people. Where all the other leaders fail, he himself will do it. And here in the passage this morning, we have Jesus looking on the crowd with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Where the religious leaders were still failing, he himself is saying that he will care for them. Jesus will gather and strengthen them and spiritually feed them as he teaches them all day long. So we have a wonderful picture of Old Testament fulfillment. But if that wasn't enough, we're immediately shown more when, after teaching the crowd all day, the disciples point out to Jesus that he probably should send them away to get some food. Let's remember, this is, the, this is a big crowd, to say the least. And the disciples point out again, Jesus, this is a desolate place. Verse 35. There's nothing here, Jesus. 
You're going to have to send them to an Aldi or somewhere. But in verse 37, Jesus answers them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus, what? Like, this is the worst mini-break they've ever had, isn't it? They thought they were going away. They didn't have any food for themselves. They were being taken away from the rest. And now Jesus is telling them to do the catering for the biggest crowd that they've ever seen. We get a panic over the, ch- in a panic over the church meals, don't we? Like, there's only 100 of us. There's like 15,000 people here, Jesus. You're having a laugh with us. Where are we going to get that much food? It's like six months' wages. So he says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Well, Jesus, we've, we've asked around, and it's, it's five. And two fish, maybe, in case somebody wants some pudding. But Jesus, the shepherd who will feed his sheep, sits them down on the green grass, looks up to heaven, says a blessing, and begins to break the bread, and it is distributed. And in verse 42... they all ate and were satisfied. And right there, we're given another Old Testament echo. Not only is Jesus the shepherd who will feed his sheep, making them lie down in green pastures, but when we see the desolate place where they are, the grouping of the people into hundreds and fifties, the eating until they were satisfied, All of those images are meant to bring to mind God's provision for his people in the Exodus. Miraculously feeding his people every day with manna from heaven in the wilderness. But the disciples didn't see it. They ate the bread. No doubt they were amazed. But they didn't see what Jesus was showing them. And we know that because they're humble enough to tell us that their hearts were hardened and they didn't understand And so, as Jesus stays on to dismiss the crowd, he sends them off again by boat. So their mini-break is getting worse. Not only have they had no alone time with Jesus, he's now sending them on ahead, um, and he's not even doing the return journey with them. And things go from bad to worse because the wind is against them, and their journey is terrible. And we get the sense that these men, some of them who are hardened fishermen, They're battling with the waves, straining on the oars, and they're out in the middle of the lake, and they're getting nowhere. The timings are are helpful. We're told basically from from early sorry, from from evening until early morning. The fourth watch is is somewhere between like three and six a.m. So throughout all that time, they are battling on until suddenly. They see him walking past them, and they are terrified. But again, we have this description of them seeing, but not really seeing. They just can't understand what is going on, and I I don't think we can blame them. It's no wonder that they think he's a ghost, because who on earth would be walking on water? But yet, here we have more echo moments. As Jesus walks directly over the sea, we are reminded of God miraculously leading his people through the Red Sea in their rescue from slavery. 
And as we're told that Jesus intended to pass by them in verse 48, we have echoes of Exodus, when the Lord God himself passed by Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And as he calls out to them in their terror, he doesn't shout words of condemnation, but comforts them with words of peace. Take heart, it is I, which can be translated, I am. Do not be afraid. So let's ask the question again. Who is this man? Will we recognize him? It's like the disciples are screaming at us from the pages of Mark's gospel. He's the promised shepherd who is going to teach and give his people everything that they need to be right with him. He's the one who feeds his people in the wilderness. He is a newer, better exodus, rescuing us from slavery. Listen to us. Jesus is God. So do we recognize him? Or do these familiar things just bounce off us? But before we answer that question, let's dig a little deeper. Because recognizing Jesus for who he is is only one bit of the puzzle. The disciples also need to recognize their need of him. Let's go back to the start again. The disciples are exhausted and Jesus deliberately takes them to a, de- a desolate place to rest and eat. And we read it and we think that they don't get any rest. But look, he showed them rest. It's just not the rest that they were expecting. He deliberately was showing them their utter inability to feed all those people. They couldn't even feed themselves. They had nothing. He wanted them to know that they are in his hands. They need him. He is their rest. Their compassionate shepherd who will feed them daily. Their shepherd who will eventually give his life for his sheep. Their bread who will be broken for them. And he deliberately sent them ahead into the storm, knowing that they couldn't get through it alone. But all the time, he was on the mountainside, watching and praying over them. And he deliberately passed by them just to give them a glimpse of his true divine nature. And when they looked on in terror, again, he was full of compassion, and he told them not to fear. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was right there with them in the boat. The God of the Exodus who will lead them across the sea in safety, who will eventually lead them out of slavery from sin. The impossible feeding, the impossible storm were there because Jesus was deliberately showing them not just who he is, but that they need him, that he will save them. So can I ask you this morning, not only do you recognize who Jesus is, but do you recognize that you need him? Because I've been struck this week that we so easily talk about Jesus and who he is. We do that loads at at church, and rightly so. 
but we can see who Jesus is, but not really see him. We can recognize him, but not really understand how desperately we need him. And we just sometimes a little bit like the Israelites in the wilderness who didn't trust that the Lord was enough for them, didn't trust that he was going to give them enough manna every day. How is it, for instance, that the words about Jesus being a good shepherd can trip off my lips? I can sing songs here on a Sunday and read the Bible with conviction. Yet when the rubber hits the road and things feel like they're spinning out of control, I can be awake at five o'clock in the morning with my heart beating and my stomach churning. In that moment, am I just not like the disciples striving against the wind and waves, grappling for control? Will I trust that when Jesus says that he's enough for me in every circumstance, he means it? Will I find my rest, my, my soul's rest in him, knowing that he's my shepherd, full of compassion? Will I see that every time that life seems to be spinning out of control, it's an opportunity for me to recognize him as my Lord and Savior, who tells me, do not fear. Won't I see him giving everything on the cross for me? Kids, it is really good that you are in with us through the sermons. I know it sometimes seems like grown-ups have all the answers, or at least they think they have all the answers. But believe me, uh, while I let you into a little secret, adults get into a right panic as well. I know from working in a school uh, how much kids can get into a flap. I've seen the squabbles and the fallings out and the fights and the the friendships and the worries and all that. But adults are just the same. We just get a bit better at hiding it. Sometimes. And just like sheep without a shepherd, we keep on doing stupid things. We keep on getting ourselves into a mess. We wander off. We try and sort out our own problems in our own strength. We forget that we have a shepherd who really loves us is full of compassion for his stupid sheep that keep on falling back into sin. But that is why every week we have to come back to hear his voice in his word. We all of us, all of us together, need reminding regularly that he's king and we are not. So let me ask all of us again. Do you recognize Jesus? Do you recognize that you need him? Because when we recognize these things, we will really rest. Properly rest, knowing that he is full of compassion, full of love and power to hold us through whatever storm he is leading us through. I'll pray before we respond by singing our next song. Lord God, how often we call you Lord. How often we say that Jesus is King. How often we say you're the creator of heaven and earth, holding all the creation in your hand. But how often those words just seem to fade away as soon as we come against any hurdle. How often do we scatter and panic like sheep with no shepherd? Lord God, forgive us, please, for not trusting you. Help us see again our need of you. 
And as we recognize our need and weakness, help us to recognize both your power to save us and your compassion and willingness to be the shepherd that we need. Help us to be humbled by your awesome power, but fall into the safety of that same saving power as you call to us from your word, telling us not to fear. Lord, please still our hearts. Help us rest in you today. In the name of Jesus, our King of heaven and earth, we pray. Amen.